Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. I'm here with my podcast sponsor. Matt Jennings, one half of my podcast sponsor of Eminem Exteriors. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 here as a representative of the yeah. whole. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm talking to the other M to get Melody in here too. So yeah, that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. Oh my God, I think I'm, I am up for the challenge. Thank you for coming today. I'm happy to be here. Thanks Great. for having me. I do feel a fair amount of pressure being the first non-female guest. Yes, the first man. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need a lot of background music, like bum, bum, bum. I don't know. Is that what men sound like? I don't know. Is it that... just feels like, I know that sounded actually a little like, exci- well, I am excited, but yeah, I don't know. It feels like, <laughs> chain. I don't know. So yes, first man, mm-hmm. first sponsor. Um, so thank you for not only coming on the show. But willing to sponsor me when I had just a dream in my heart and no clue what I was doing. You had some clue. I had a little bit of clue. Yeah, no, I, th- I mean, you had a good idea, I thought. And it, Thank you. I think it's blossomed into something really good. Thank you. Do so. you remember what you said? Because I've quoted you a lot when we had our breakfast meeting and you said, <sighs> I feel like a movie producer. I did feel like a movie producer, yeah. Except, do you remember what you said about me? Or should I say what you said? Go ahead. I don't remember what I said. I'm sure I meant it at the time. You did. It was was very, it it was very good. You said, I feel like if I were a movie producer and you were pitching a movie to me, you're saying things like, well, there'll be scenes (laughs) and there'll be dialogue (laughs) and that's my movie. Mm -hmm. I do kind of remember that now. It was a little vague. It was so vague. Yeah. Kind of honed in on it. Yeah. And that was. You challenged me. You said, are you going to go home and like write this down and create an outline? Or are you going to let it fizzle out? And so yeah. three days later, I shoved an outline in your you face. You did. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. Yeah. So thank you. I Episode, truly, what is this? Nine? This, 10, no, no. This 12? will be this 12. Will be 12. Episode 12. Yeah. The Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. So without you, we might not even be here. Well, I don't. You would have found a way. But, oh, thank you. Oh, but you whatever small it. part I played, I was yes, happy to. You played so. a great big part because you. And actually, that ties into what we're chatting about today because you are a roofing contractor. That's correct. Roofing, siding, gutters. Mm-hmm. Um, you're licensed general contractor, but yes. your previous life, you were a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, recovering lawyer. You're I like recovering. to say, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And and that's what I don't think I knew that about you. So when we got together for our breakfast meeting, I had asked you at a, another meeting we were at. I said, "Hey, do you want to sponsor my podcast?" Mm-hmm. And you turned around and said, "Sure." And Absolutely. I was like, "Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Okay." So when we met to kind of discuss it, I thought we were just going to discuss like, I don't know, what you wanted to sponsor. And you asked me all of these questions and suddenly it became clear that you had the mind of a lawyer. Yeah. Not sure how to take that. (laughs) Analytical, detail oriented, good things, all good things. I don't have a negative connotation. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, the lawyers think a certain way. It's what law school teaches you more than anything is 
how to think like a lawyer. Yeah. And that is something that even in recovery all these years. <laughs> it still gets you. So yeah. You can't, you, can't, you, you never really turn that off. But yeah. I, I don't really want to turn that part off. Yeah, exactly. Because that yeah. probably serves you well. So give everyone just a quick background maybe of who you are, your who, where you come from, whatever kind of quick bio, biography. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wow. Uh, how far back do you want to go? Well. I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. I, uh, Birthplace of my cousins. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. My uncle and aunt still live there. Really? My cousin, yeah. yeah. Well, my, my parents are there. They're across the river in Council, Council Bluffs. Bluffs. Oh. Iowa, yeah, that's so where proud. I grew up. Yeah, right. so Council Bluffs, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, yeah, went to college at Iowa State, went to law school at the University of Iowa, mm. moved from there to practice law in Kansas City, Missouri. Which is, um, if you grew up in Iowa and you don't want to go somewhere else, people go one of a handful of places for the most part. Where do they go? Twin where? Cities. Twin Cities is a big destination. Chicago is a big destination. Mm-hmm. Kansas City. Is another one. Denver, maybe. That's and where then, my one of my cousins is in Denver. Yeah. So yeah, makes but sense. Those other three are probably the primary. Yeah. And if you went to the University of Iowa, you're from Chicago anyway, so you just wind up going back there. Oh. That's my little dig at all the Hawkeye fans listening. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know we have a big uh, Hawkeye. I I'll, fan I imagine base. I imagine. Well, it's gonna be big one of these days <laughs> when everybody's listening to your podcast. Yes, we got to get those digs in for the the greater. Mm-hmm. You know. We should tell every guest, who do you really want to give a dig at? Get him in. There get you go. This, this is, is your chance. chance. Yeah, the spotlight's right. on you. Yep. So when I met you, mm-hmm. you know, you're rolling in. You and Melody have a contracting business here in Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Midwest guy, and she's from Midwest too. She's from Columbia, Missouri, where yep. the University of Missouri is. Yeah, We met in Kansas City. So you got these two Midwesterners. And I have mid Midwestern blood, my parents mm-hmm. being from South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Why the heck are you here in Virginia? Yeah. And I kind of, when we met, that's the kind of the story you told me was kind of the, yeah. the roofing background. But then now that I found out this whole lawyering life, yeah, recovering, I'm like, okay, I think we need to dig deeper into that. Because yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not something I like to talk about or tell yeah. people. Why um, not? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, I oh, mean, great. I, I, well, I that's the end of the I, podcast. Thanks for joining us, people. To be honest, sometimes I don't like to tell people. Yeah. Uh, just because there is this sort of people think they don't like lawyers. Mm. It's one of those professions that nobody, everybody thinks they don't like lawyers until they need one. Yeah, of course. And then their lawyer, they want to be the biggest best. jerk oh. ever, right? Oh, yeah. Well, but, yeah, you they want to be the best. Uh, yeah, right. So Maybe that's because I don't know. And have I get a lot of looks, too. I mean, I get, you know... I was thinking about this. I get a lot of sort of quizzical, like, why in the world would you give up practicing law and now you're a grubby roofing contractor? Like, what, you know, like, the like, I think it's one of those professions that, you know, people maybe aspire to or whatever, you know, doctors, lawyers, whatever. And so, like, if you're, if you're doing that, why would you ever not do that? Yeah. Well, that was um... the only people who understand are other lawyers. Yeah. They don't they don't look at me funny at all. Most of them are like, "Oh, good for you." Yeah, they're like, "Good <laughs> good stuff, man. Yeah. Good stuff." Yeah. No, but um one of our past guests, Jacqueline Rodriguez, she went into architecture. Like she was going to go into pursue architecture. And even though she didn't finish, it's a little bit of a different story, but that was the whole thing is when she left and decided, "Yeah, this isn't for me." Everyone's like, "Why would you not do that?" But like yeah. it's not where her heart was. It wasn't it was kind of slowly miserable and i think that's why i thought this could be of value to people because one 
hearing other people's stories, I, I say often, helps us kind of find, I don't know, just insight into our own life. And even though not everyone can relate to being a lawyer, I think that most people can relate to doing something and finding themselves at a place where they're like, crap, this is not where I want to be. But there's that fear of change. And so when you meet mm. someone, like that's why for me, when I meet someone that does that, I'm like, holy moly, I want to know, like, how did you get from A to B? Because most people don't want to rock the boat, you know, make a big change. So like, what was it about mm. your story? And like I said, that way it's like giving other people that insight of like, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, you know, I... um I went to law school for a lot of reasons, and I'm glad that I did. Mm -hmm. And the primary reason being that my dad was a lawyer, mm. right? And he was one of these, uh, maybe this is common with lawyers, I don't know. But when people tell me sometimes, or, or people, you know, kids even, they don't really know what their parents do for a living or whatever. Yeah. I always find that bizarre. Because my dad talked about being a lawyer and his work and everything all the time. Right. Oh. I was always at his office when I was a kid, you know, playing at the secretary's desk while he was dictating whatever, because I yeah. used to do that back then. Oh. Um, <laughs> no one really dictates anymore, I don't think. Um, he had a dictaphone and the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great follow-up to our word. last yeah, it's just podcast. A funny word. It's not that kind of a, yeah, it's just, a, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's pronounced more exciting than it is. <laughs> so, you know, and, and he, he always, he knew the answers to the things that I was interested in, hmm. right? Like he, he had an understanding of the law, of course, but government, taxes, all these things that are important, mm -hmm. but also very, you know, interesting to me. <laughs> I like that you added the to me part. Yeah. You were like taxes, well, even among laws. It's all stuff that's interesting. Even among <laughs> lawyers, the, you know, tax law is incredibly not popular among lawyers. I mean, yeah. I took federal income tax in law school and- Loved it. I loved it. And I was like the only person who did. Oh a few people took it because they felt like they needed to or whatever. <laughs> but nobody really, no one was into it like I was. I loved Why it. Why were you into it? I don't know. Just, it's just me. I don't know. I, I can't explain Numbers, it. like kind of the way systems work. It's kind of or... the intersection of law and finance in a way. But, okay. um, you know, the rules about what's taxed and why and, you know. The um, stuff where my brain shuts off. Yeah, Your I mean, brain it, is like you've seen, the, you've seen the movie The Firm. Yeah. Right. Tom Cruise. And their whole thing is trying to figure out ways for people to defer the amount of tax they pay and stuff like that, all legally. I don't remember that part all was of legal. That. I was anyway. like, uh, I think that yeah. had to do with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and you there don't remember some... that part probably, but yeah, that's seriously. what they do. And there's a couple <laughs> famous scenes, not well, not famous scenes, there's a couple scenes in it that I remember very strongly <laughs> because they talk about law. that so yeah yeah if you're a, a tax law geek that's probably the one movie that that now i'm gonna want to go of. watch it now yeah, well next so time cool. you watch the firm i will think of you, you and watch your tax for that. law yeah. so you got in so you started going down the path of yeah, following so I, in your dad's footsteps yeah i mean my undergraduate degree i, I actually got one of good it's kind of i don't know why i did this exactly maybe it was my dual personality or something, but I wound up getting two degrees. I got one in English and one in business finance. Do you know I'm an English major too? Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was a, it was a good combination in yeah. a lot of ways for law school. I knew I didn't really want to go to business school. Yeah. I didn't see a ton of Ironic. value in that for me. <laughs> Ironic and, now that you run a business. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think this probably isn't fair, right? But 
I think business school has the most value to people that don't have a business background. I think if your undergraduate degree is in business, it's going to be, you know, a a little bit repetitive, more in depth, of course. But um, anyway, even though my my interest was really more business Mm -hmm. and finance and investing and all those kinds of things. Do you think had you not? So because I know the end of the story, although you're really not at the end of your story, you're just in the middle of it. But because I know that you left law school, I wonder, had you gone back then not pursuing this law thing, would you have done business and finance and all that? If I, if I could go back now? Yeah. No, I think I, I, I would still go to law school. Okay. I mean, I'm glad that I went and I'm glad that these mysteries that I always wanted to understand when I was a kid, hmm. that they got unlocked for me. So cool. Also, I was never a, I was always a good student because uh-huh. I was smart, but yeah. I was never a, a diligent, hardworking student. Yes. Ever. In fact, my college GPA would have probably held me back from going to an even bigger oh. name law school. Yeah. Because I, my essay or my LSAT score yeah. was good enough to get into wherever. Yeah. Um, but my, but, you spent but my college GPA yeah. indicated to the admissions people that I was not going to apply myself. You did a lot of probably uh, yes. Friday after class happy hours. Uh, I, yeah, and, and I, you know, I was, I didn't, hours. I was not a big drinker in college actually, but I, I found a lot of other things to do. Yeah. Than, Movies like watching the firm yeah. all night. I didn't really late. get serious about like my GPA until mm-hmm. I was about a junior, and by then you've got two years There's, worth of, yeah. you know, you got to pull up. So two anyway. years of binging the firm. You the other thing that, that, yeah, so the, right. So the other thing that law school did for me, I was an excellent law student. I worked very, very hard at it, hmm. um, and did very well. It's by far the, the hardest I've ever studied. Most I've learned hmm. best I've performed grades wise since elementary school or whatever, high school. So, you, so it, it taught me that too, but yeah. what, but what law school taught me more than anything mm-hmm. was how to learn anything. Oh yeah, because it it's a completely different language. First of all, you have to understand all the massive vocabulary and the precise meanings of those things, mm-hmm. and then each area of the law is its own different thing. Yeah. So there overlap, and there's principles that are all kind of you know throughout the law. But if you're gonna take a criminal law class or negotiable instruments, I mean, they're just like they couldn't be more different, right? Yeah. So, so you we're able to. So you out. learn how to yeah. learn those things. And law school doesn't teach you. You oh, so teach you... yourself in law school. Oh. It's like, yeah. It's, it reminds me. So when you were a kid, I feel like, and our kids are in elementary school, we were just at their orientation. I remember after a few years realizing every year they tell me, you're not going to get spoon fed next year the way you are this year. Yeah. And after a few years, I was like, I hear that every year. Uh, so I'm kind of learning that like every year is the same. It really... They're here to help you. There's teachers. So I feel like, it, <laughs> well, you know, any, college kind of. Anybody is... who's been to law school would laugh at the idea that the law professors are there to help you. Yeah. Because that is, I mean, they are, but yeah. that's not. But it's a whole different realm. It's not It's a the... completely, yeah. you know, I mean, it's Socratic method. Everybody talks about Socratic method, but. Um, What's the Socratic method? Why they don't, you... it's, there are no lectures in law school. Oh, okay. They, you read the material beforehand. Oh. And you come to class and the professor calls on you and asks you questions about it. Oh, dang. So I thought I wanted to go to law school a long time ago. And uh, my friend just went to law school, went back at 40 to law school and did amazing. And I always felt I had the confidence. 
So when I was young, I had like a lot of confidence. Like I could do engineering. I went to Virginia Tech. So I was like, I could do engineering. (laughs) I do English, but like I could do it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I thought about law school. I could do that. And now hearing you talk about the Socratic method, what does it say? Did I say it right? Yeah. That everyone knows about and everyone talks about? Well, if you're, I mean, (laughs) if you're thinking about going to law school or you're whatever, know someone in law school or I mean. I should know that. But but that confirms that I probably am not meant to do law school because I like to uh, hear lectures and have it taught. So that would be yeah, much Yeah, I mean, me. that's – you're not going to get You're not going to get that. No. You don't get any answers from the professors. They keep asking you questions until you figure out the yes, answer. Yes, but that's that's the lawyering. That's when right. my friend's dad, whenever we said, he's, yeah. he's lawyering you, you know. The idea behind law school really, it's set up for like – 150 years ago when you're the yeah. small town lawyer, oh, right? Yeah. And someone comes in and they have some question about something and you have no idea what the answer is. So you right? keep asking them questions. And it's some off the wall <laughs> thing that you've never dealt with and you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you learn how to figure it out. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's a good skill base to have. So then yeah. you're, okay, so let's jump ahead then. So you have this good experience in law school. Which it's nice. Well, to no, hear. I had a miserable experience oh. in law school. Oh, okay. It's an incredibly okay. unpleasant <laughs> Whoa. experience. Whoa. Almost anyone it who's ever been to law suck. school will tell you how uh, you it's know. It's horrible. It's it is. Yeah. But I did very well. Yeah. And so that was satisfying. Yes. And to you don't get regret through it. it and do yes. well. And I like hearing that because I think that's helpful for people that if you are doing something you might not necessarily love or know if it's your thing, I think having the wisdom to say, hey. Even though you're not currently pursuing law, it wasn't wasted time because of the skills you got from it, the experience you got from it. So yeah. for whatever anyone's doing, yeah. it's never a waste. It's never right. – I mean that's why everyone always ends up saying, no, I, I don't regret it because I wouldn't be where I am now. And I, I agree with that. that. I yeah. agree with that completely. Yeah. I mean that everything that happened before has brought you to where you are now. Exactly. So, you know, I, I couldn't have gotten here if I hadn't done that. And then, you know, the problem with law school is – it used to be 50 years ago, even, or maybe even less than that, that big corporations went and looked for their executives from law schools, mm-hmm. right? They don't anymore, really. Oh, yeah. The, the business school grads mm-hmm. or whatever. So even though they tell you you go to law school, oh, you can do anything with a law degree. And mm-hmm. that's true. But the people that are coming to interview law students and the kind of jobs mm-hmm. that you can get and what the career offices, they're all practicing law jobs. Yeah. And that's, um, is that, so that had, so what was next then after that? It was that, did you end up, did you go into it thinking you wanted to do the business side? Absolutely. Oh, and then absolutely. it was like, dang, I'm just going to go practice law. Yeah. I mean, I could have found one of those jobs. Yeah. Um, but it's just, there's just not a, I would have had to do it on my own. I would yeah. have had to f- build it on my own, figure out how to find it on my own. Yeah. You know, the, the law school career services, which is a big part of law school. Yeah. People do a summer internship, which is a big yeah. deal. That's usually the law firm you wind up going to work for. Mm-hmm. So between your second and third year, you go work for them for the summer and then they mm-hmm. hire you and you start when you're finished. All of it revolves around practicing law. Mm. So, so you got into practicing law, you're practicing. How long did you practice law for in Kansas? City? Seven years. Seven yeah, years. Right at seven years, actually. Oh, that's funny. That's like the seven-year itch. Well, I guess, yeah. I didn't yeah. Really think of it that way. Yeah. I don't know. That might not be appropriate. So yeah. so what What was the cha- – What? how were you like, I'm not happy with this? What, yeah, well, what this was the is, catalyst? I, have, I have a lot of great story. Well, let's save it for the after show. So, uh, yeah, save it for yeah. the after show. Let's. Yeah, so about- to kind of review some of the nuggets that we've talked about so far is – 
pursuing something you're passionate about, which I think that was good. You were yeah. passionate about the law. Yeah. You were able to do something, answer those questions. I want, I want, yeah. I wanted to know what lawyers knew. That's yeah. what I wanted. That's, That's why awesome. I went to law school. I didn't want to be one, really. I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to practice law, really. And I always knew that. I always yeah. knew that I didn't really want to practice law or I figured that out fairly early huh. on wasn't really for me and what a lot so, and I, you know but you I, I went have... through a lot in that time my life you know I mentioned to you before but got married right out of law school mm-hmm. moved to Kansas City practiced law mm-hmm. got divorced mm-hmm. quit practicing law all within the same year or so mm. and for me it was a it was kind of a wake-up call for myself in terms of I had spent my life up to that point I think trying to please everybody else mm-hmm. trying to be what I everybody else wanted me to be or mm-hmm. thought I should be or mm-hmm. what I thought they thought I should be or, you know. Yeah. And I had spent very little time thinking about, well, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Who am I? What do I want to be? I realized that with the, you know, my marriage that didn't work out or whatever, yeah. which just was, just wasn't a good fit for did either the, one of us. Did leaving your law practice which came first, your marriage or the legal They were kind of overlapping, Same. but it was mostly the, you know, I got to, I was divorced before I quit practicing oh, okay. law. So, so that was done and finalized. Yeah. But I got to a point in my life where I realized through that process, because yeah. you do a lot of soul searching when you yeah. go through that. I realized that, you know what, I'm going to start living my life more intentionally, if mm-hmm. you will. I'm going to yeah. try to, to make a very long story short, I started with the, the this is what we'll get into later. <laughs> I started doing litigation. I yeah. was not cut out for litigation. I'm not, I don't have the right personality for that. Mm-hmm. I switched to a hundred percent different type of a practice mm-hmm. in a complete with a different law firm that was much smaller and through an evolution of things that I can explain in more detail, but mm-hmm. um, which is actually very interesting. I wound up in a spot in that law firm that just was not working for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things about being a lawyer is it all depends on the type of people you're working with. Mm-hmm. And especially if, when you're an associate in a law firm, yeah. you got to have good partners that yeah. you like, respect, that treat you well, that are good mm-hmm. people, whatever. Just had a bad fit with the person yeah. that I kind of got slotted with. And I kind of went to the firm and said, I, I can't do I'm not, I don't want to work with this person anymore. Yeah. I'll do whatever else. You can transfer me around. I can do this. I could do that. I like them. I like mm-hmm. this. I can do whatever. But this is not a good fit for me, which was me kind of standing up for myself and, and whatever in a way that I had uh, not up to that point in my life. I was about to say, life. so before that, you just kind of were checking the block, Would just sort of, you know, train. kind of, you know, Ride nice take what was given to me or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of made them an offer they couldn't refuse, mm-hmm. and they sort of took me up on it hmm. where they were like, you know what? You don't want to work with her. It's nowhere else really for you, so we'll see you later. Oh, snap. Right. And so it was kind of a, I mean, I gave him an ultimatum, yeah. really. So, I mean, I, I always talk about it in terms of, it was kind of, it was, it was a mutual thing. It was thing, a mutual break. Really. You were I like, mean, eh. If they hadn't made a change, I was going to leave anyway. Yeah. They just kind of beat me to the punch. Oh, dang it. So. I want to be the one that leaves. So they let me go. It was right, it was like July-ish or August, mm. I can't remember exactly, in 2010, mm. nine years. So yeah, for then for the next few years, I, I had bought a property in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a residential duplex. It was a foreclosure guy that owned it before. This guy had already started to convert it into two. So he took the top floor and bottom floor apartments on each side uh-huh. and made it a first and second floor unit. So instead of being four apartments, it was two. Anyway, he ran out of money. (laughs) 
and it was kind of a mess. When yeah. I, I mean, it was a big mess when I bought it. And my idea was to rehab it, flip it, mm-hmm. whatever. And then pricing law thing didn't work out or whatever. Yeah. And so I worked on that for about four years. I worked did, on that building? Yeah. I told you it was a mess, didn't I? I know. And, I, it- and I did about 90-something percent of the work myself. Did you live off your savings? or? Yes. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And then you flipped it? No, I still own it. You still own it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a, so it's a rental uh, property right yeah, now, or is yeah, it your your, uh, yeah. your vacation home? No, <laughs> no. No, it's a, it's a rental property. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, that was a time in my life, you know, I, I had done well. I'd practiced law. Yeah. Had, you know, money. Yeah. And, you know, here's, here, you want your next nugget of truth? Here yeah, give me that All nugget. Right. You, sometimes you have to invest in yourself. Oh, and, and that's what that time was for me. My friends and family didn't really understand. They thought that I was like, whatever. Losing but it. But it was kind of a, I went through that, like, who am I? What do I want to do? Mm. Kind of a thing. I yeah. thought about going to business school. I actually yeah. applied to one. Decided it wasn't the right thing for me. Thought about doing a lot of different things, actually. I'm working away on this property. Yeah. Um, wow. That I mean, sounds like a movie. Huge <laughs> project. Huge projects. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I renovated things that you wouldn't believe <laughs> but uh you know met melody in there yeah we wound up living together there oh and, at the property um, yeah cool. and she kind of went through a career change too yeah long story we'll let she, her tell that but she story. got involved in roofing yep she started before i did hmm. she came from a world of sales mm-hmm. and a uh, roofing contractor was very busy needed help hired her she went out was selling roofs to people and they needed more help. So I came and, and started working for them board. too. So that makes sense because you were in that place of uh, investing in yourself and doing that soul searching while you were working. And yeah. And I mean, you know, that- contracting was something that I've always been interested in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I've always liked building things, working with my hands, mm-hmm. um, creating things. And among contracting, roofing was particularly attractive to me for a number of reasons hmm. so i had said for years before that that if i knew anything about roofing i would just start a roofing company really? right now and lo and behold it somehow magically happened yeah. i mean it really was a bizarre turn of events well i mean based on most of the guests that i've talked to they would all say that you put that out there and that all well, the factors worked I mean, together. I mean, that's where you can believe in stuff that. or not. But like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of not probably a coincidence that you kind of. It just you know. kind of worked its way that direction. Yeah. yeah. So you took some risks. They worked out, although there was that season where you didn't know. Then you got, you and Melody both worked for the contractor. Yeah. So we worked in Kansas City for this company. Unbelievable roofing contractor. They do a tremendous job. We've patterned ourselves largely after that. That's awesome. I mean, they're, they were awesome. The problem was it was a family deal, okay? Oh, yes. Dad was the owner. Mom did all the – she was an accountant. Mm-hmm. She did all the bookkeeping. Son was their big salesperson. Daughter-in-law worked in the office. Sister worked in the office. We, yeah. we were the only ones that weren't part of this family, little yeah. tight-knit family they'd have office meetings at brunch on sunday yeah i mean that was like yeah and we were like we were on the outside looking in and and as is typical we we were getting the short end of the stick kind of you know i mean they were taking the good stuff and giving us what was left yeah so we left there and went to work for another company that's based in kansas city but chases hailstorms all over the country Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that brought us out east 
and that's how we wound up in Virginia. And we were here for about six months with them. Did really, really well. Had a whole bunch of people calling us. Wanted, you know, we had a big referral base already. Mm -hmm. We had all these people that wanted us to do jobs for them. And they packed up, went back to Kansas City. They were Mm -hmm. done for the year. You know, they come out for a season. Next year, they go to the other, you know, somewhere else that has a big hailstorm. And we were going, wait a minute, we've got, you know, more work here. And they were like, we don't care. We're, oh. we're, we're out of here. Yeah. So we looked at each other and said, you know, if we're going to start our own business, maybe we should just move here. Cause look at what we already had. I mean, we had a handful of people who would hire us. They were ready to hire us. So over that winter, we got all prepared and got, you know, set up our LLC, mm-hmm. got licensed, got our insurance in place, got all the things that we needed to do yeah. to be a contractor, got set up with the suppliers and all that kind of stuff, hired crews and whatever, yeah. and uh, just took off like crazy, just mm-hmm. way faster than we thought it would. That's awesome. I mean, awesome. it just was, we knew we were taking a risk. Yeah. And I had kind of a number in my head of what we, if we could do this amount in the first year, then we, I think we'd be fine. And we did more than twice that. Oh, wow. And then we did more than twice that number the year after. I mean, it was just crazy. Got to the point where we were just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Couldn't handle it on our own anymore. Had to try to bring people in to help us. And we're still trying to sort through all of those growing pains type things. But yeah, that's awesome to go. Who would have thought back when you were miserable, when you made your ultimatum to the law firm that now you yeah, owning I mean, you know, th- business. things happen for a reason, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did for me. That's awesome. Well, I am excited that we, I think we just scratched the surface of your story because like you said, there's so much more, but I think just hearing even just the main highlight, like points of someone's story, it kind of helps, as I said, you figure out like... Maybe I should take a risk. Maybe I should jump in. Maybe I need to invest in myself. So that's good nuggets. I'm happy to share. More, <laughs> even more happy to do it here in the M&M Exterior Studios. Heck yeah. Which is... Very um, proud to, to be here for that. Thank you. I'm glad. And now we have a sign. Yes. So before we start the after show, to wrap up our, our Pit Stop episode, recommendations. Is there a business book that's been helpful for you? Not really. I'm not really into those kind of self-help business books. It's not really my deal. Yeah, Um, screw that. To be honest. (laughs) I just, just, sorry, it just isn't. No, that's okay. I mean. I am, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean. Actually, I'm more into discussing them, to tell you the truth. But anyway, I digress. I'll tell you what's a great (laughs) nonfiction book, though, that I think everybody should read. It's about 20 years old. I read it when I was in college, and he's written books since then. Okay. But there's a guy named Gavin DeBecker. Okay. He's a security consultant, basically hmm. works with the Secret Service, all these people. Oh. And he is an expert in predicting violent behavior. Okay. And his book, I think it was his first book, it's called The Gift of Fear. And this kind of plays into a little bit of what we talked about today. The whole key, the the underlying premise of the book is we're animals, right? Okay. We're if imagine we're in the jungle, right? Yes. It's like any other animal. Yes. We've got survival instincts. Yes. Right? I've often talked about how I would be willing to kill for my children, but... Well, okay. Fair enough. Just saying. um, His was more about avoiding being killed. Oh, got it, got it. You know, his was like when the hair stands up on your neck or you get a weird feeling about somebody or you just have this instinct that the situation isn't right. You can't really put your finger on why, but whatever. Yeah. You're right. Listen to yourself. Mm, Take action to protect yourself. 
because your instincts are telling you that there is, and he had a million examples of stories about that. Most interesting thing though, about that book, people always talk about these, you know, someone just snapped, they snapped and killed someone or whatever. He said, that's not what happens. Never, never. That's not what happens. There is always a slow, gradual buildup until someone gets to that point. And so his whole thing was about how do we figure out how to stop that. So anyway, it's a timely issue too, I guess. But, now I want to know. And now I need to figure out. But what, that's a great book. Things? It's one of the best books I've ever read. It's oh. been hugely impactful. What's the, name, the gift of fear. Yeah. Now I want to know. How do we know if someone's going to snap? Well, I'm going to have to book. read it. Read the book. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Read it. And then on the full flush, I'll probably make you tell yeah. me at least a few of those nuggets. TV then. shows though. Go. Oh, I'm, I'm not the I'm the one oh. who asks the questions around. Well, I'll tell here. you what we're watching right now. <laughs> Melody and I are watching Mind Hunter season two. It's out on Netflix. Oh. Great show. Here I am on Killers again. I know it's not. I, I sound obsessed. That's not what I mean. But <laughs> I like, it is a great show. It's about basically it's about the founding of the FBI's serial killer profiling unit. Yeah. And it's about these guys who started out just interviewing serial killers, trying to figure out what you know, they had in common and what made them tick and why yeah. did they do what How they did. How did they know the stuff? serial killers were telling the truth, though? They could have been lying. Well, that was, that's one of the problems in the show. Oh. <laughs> Some of them are telling yeah. them, you know, they got to sort through who's lying to them, who's telling oh, the truth. Gosh. You know, some of them don't want to talk about it. Some of them yeah. are incredibly insightful about it. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Oh. It's a great show, though. Yeah, great. Great stuff. Murderers, killers. Yeah, the we most common... talk about something more Well, no. Nicer. I, I bet our listeners are loving this because you know yeah. what the number one genre of podcast is? True crime. Yeah. What yeah. am I doing with this whole talking to people thing? We should be yeah. talking about crime. I'll come back for that if you want. We <laughs> true, can do that. You have some true crime podcasts yeah. you could talk well, about? Well, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, or I, you have true crime yeah, you could talk I, about? I've listened to the serial podcast. I have an incredibly strong opinion about that that happens to be a minority opinion. Oh, so, golly. Yeah. Well, I haven't listened to it. So My friend know. and I who agree on almost everything in life, yeah. just in general. You disagree? 100% on so, this. So, okay. So, what's your... Let's Okay. No. Second question... Wrap it up, and then if you want to keep listening to our jibber-jabber, you can come over to the after show. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Last question is, what conversation do you either want to stop having? So what's being talked about that needs to just zip it? Or what do you want to start talking more about? Anything in life. Would you like you and me? No. um, It could be us together talking. What do you mean? Or people. Nationally? or like or your own life. Oh. It could just be whatever comes to your head. It's like psychology with the ink blots. Like, what conversation? I just opened up what a book. What conversation do I think we should be having? Having or stop having? I'm just getting angry now. What was it? Jeez. <laughs> Take it easy. I know. Sorry. Okay. No, You're not here till the after show. Uh, okay. You're I not feel here. like I should step in. <laughs> yeah. You're not. No, you don't have to answer it. Yeah. If you don't want well, to. no, I mean, I've already kind of touched on it. I mean, the, mm. you know, the um, identifying violent people, first of all, it can be done. Oh. We need to have a better system of oh, doing dang. it. Okay. Yeah. The other thing, and I, maybe it's because I've been thinking about being a lawyer just this week because I knew we were going to talk yeah. about this, but there are a, a whole bunch of things about the legal system that are huge common misconceptions yeah. that I would love to, I would love to eradicate. Okay, well, in the after show, I want to hear about some of those things. All right, we can get into it. Very cool. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming. M&M Exteriors, roofing, siding, gutters for all of your needs in Northern Virginia. Right here in the M&M Exteriors studios. Yes, the famous M&M Exteriors with our mascot dog, Hank. Yes. Well, thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me.
And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.